You're listening to a podcast for sinners and sufferers, having conversations about theology, faith, and culture. My name is Cody. And my name is Kyle. Cody, it's a good time to be a nerd, isn't it? It It is a good time to be a nerd. There, there is so much. We talked about this before that yeah. we started, but yeah, there's so much stuff going on right now. There's so much that we could talk about. But we don't want to like just talk about like movies every week, but in general, great time right now. Yeah, there's there's well I need to check like my release schedule because I always forget this the episode comes out like five days ish after we record it or a week after we record it. So I think the like Moon Knight just ended. That was great. We've both have seen uh Doctor Strange to Multiverse of Madness, which was great. Um, we won't give spoilers, even though at this point no. it's been like a week and a half, so get on it. Uh, but then there's like Kenobi series is coming up. There's um, another Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I believe it's uh, Thor Love and Thunders this summer, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like July or something? Yeah. Yeah. So much, so much good stuff. Yeah. The good time to be a nerd. Just in, well, just in general too, like just a movie fan, TV show fan. There's so much to love. Like there's, um, uh, Stranger Things season four is coming out soon as well. Oh yeah. So that's is a that Netflix the, show. In the summer um, too. Sometime. Yeah. We're doing a rewatch of Stranger Things right now. That's how nice. I know it's coming soon. Um, just finishing season two. Just got past the worst episode Stranger Things has ever put out. Um, but uh, season three soon. And then I think we're pretty much on schedule to finish it by the time season four comes out. So nice. that's coming out. I don't know. Just in general, like even even stuff if you're like a reality show fan. Um, Survivor season 42 is right now. I don't know. It's okay. It's it's Whatever. better than it's, the last season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Australian Survivor, if you haven't gotten on that, you should um, get a VPN or something um, and watch that. Mm. Super good. There's just a lot uh, of stuff that we can we could talk about every week, but then we would just be talking about movies and then we might as well become a movie podcast at that point. Which might not be a bad idea for a spinoff, you know? <laughs> yeah. It would be like the the only Christian movie podcast that isn't just like, all these movies are terrible and sinful. Um, yeah. But as you're listing things, though, have you noticed there seems to be like a trend, like scary is trending? Because we had the Batman, which had sort of like darker horror type themes. Uh, the Doctor Strange 2 had some kind of like horror type themes, which I wasn't fully expecting, but also was directed by Sam Raimi, who was like, uh, I think Evil Dead or like one of those was his first film. Like that's his background. And then Stranger Things is coming out. It seems like pop culture is kind of like on a I want to be scared trip right now. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that um, because I hate scary movies. Um, Doctor Strange was like, shocking in that i didn't know like too much about it before i went in i tried to avoid mm -hmm. a lot of it and uh, i knew i knew people were like it's gonna be a horror movie but i was like well it's marvel it's not gonna be that much but like there was some like at least for me some really scary parts and some just mm. brutal parts too um 
And Stranger Things is a really good mix for me. Yeah, definitely mm. not for kids. Um, but Stranger Things is a good mix where it's like got that like thriller. So like we just we're um, almost at the end of season two. We have one episode left. And yeah. it was just the episode where um, the demo dogs are in the, the facility and they're like chasing down. There's this really cool scene where Bob, Sean Astin, you know, is Samwise uh, Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee um, is trying to get out of the facility. And mm-hmm. it's like this cool, like almost Jurassic Park scene where the dogs are kind of patrolling in the... Uh, in the stairwells and everything. And this guy's trying to direct him out and he's like, get in the closet and get out, run for it. Like mm. that whole thing. Um, and it's like, it's actually genuinely like kind of, it's not horror scary, but it's just like, it's suspenseful. Yeah. That's the stuff I like. I, the stupid I f- horror. I hate it. I find I like when movies have horror elements, like the Batman or like this, this Dr. Stranger, there's like something kind of scary and thrilling about it and something sort of dark i don't know maybe it's to say something about my my mental state but yeah just movies that are i don't enjoy movies that just like glorify and violence or glorify and suffering and even stuff like uh the walking dead was this like i don't know is it still going it's probably still going at like 20 seasons or something done. but i found like there's so much of the show where I'm just like staring at my screen while somebody like screams in agony. And I'm like, is this entertainment? <laughs> I was like, I don't know who are people enjoying this? And uh, I guess people were, but it's not, not my scene. I like good prevails. That's same with like, uh, I, I watched game of Thrones. I do not recommend anyone watch game of Thrones if you haven't. Um, but like, they're all like, oh, we're so edgy and we're so modern and different because, you know, good doesn't win and all the best people were murdered terribly. And I'm like, that sucks. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I like good to triumph. I like Star Wars where there's clear good and evil and the good guys win. Like, that's, you know, Lord of the Rings, like that, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I appreciate when... Um they can do it well. So Star is episode five. Good doesn't really win, mm. but there's like a hopeful end to it where like Luke loses. He also loses his hand. Um, yeah. But there's like a hope on the horizon, you know, and you know, there's another movie as well. Um, Infinity War is another one. Yeah. Um, where it's not, it's not brutal, like violence mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just like, look how edgy and bloody we are. But the bad guy wins, but you also know that, you know, something's coming. Spoilers. So today we are talking about repentance, the doctrine of repentance. And this is a a very core foundational doctrine of the Christian faith. And it's something we... We're going through a confession and it comes right after saving faith. And I think that is very strategic that the confession is written that way. And it makes a lot of sense for us to talk about it right after talking about saving faith because repentance is one of the clearest distinctions between a person of saving faith and the person who just sort of has head knowledge, who just quote, you know, kind of believes in God. Like repentance is what, you know, sets apart a, a true believer and 
I, I think before we, we get into the confession, it's worth just defining what repentance is. Uh, I remember when I was in Bible college, I was going into going downtown Vancouver for a concert or something. And there's some open air preachers at one of the SkyTrain stations, which uh, if you're not a Vancouver, it's, I don't know, it's like a subway ish. It's an above ground subway kind of deal, you know, transit, but uh, some guys open air preaching there. And then he's like, you must repent. You must repent. They have signs that say repent. And I was like, you know what? I want to like make these guys day <laughs> and, and like actually talk to them. Cause I'm sure they just get a lot of hate. So I went up and I said, what, do, what do I do? What do I need to do? He said, repent. What does that mean? And they're like, you need to repent. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. What, is, how do I do that? What does that mean? And they're like, re repent. <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't even know what you're saying, do you? I was like, if you can't convert a Bible college student with your open air preaching, maybe you shouldn't be out there yet. But anyways, I think we, we, it's worthwhile for us to just talk about what this is to start by just defining repentance and what that is. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a great illustration of a story where we can tend to use words that we've heard before and not actually think about what they mean and how you're supposed to apply them as well. So um, if any of you are in that state, here's a definition for you from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is basically just a... Uh, it's a similar to a statement of faith, but it is in a question answer format. So it'll be like the question, what is repentance? Here's the answer. Um, repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner out of a true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ does with grief and hatred of his sin, turn from it uh, unto God with full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience. So repentance is when you understand what your sin is, you know the mercy of God is there and his, you can receive his grace. So you turn from your sin and go towards obedience. That's what it is. It's sorrow, it's confession. It's a turning away from your sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, a, I think it's Thomas Watson, one of the Puritans has a book. I have the audiobook version, which if you want to read really old English and you're struggling, get an audiobook version. I don't know if it's just me, but I find it so much easier to understand when someone's saying the words than when I have to read it. But um, yeah, he has, uh, I think he has like nine points in his, but he basically talks about repentance as sight. Um, like you, you see your sin, you identify it, you feel sorrow and grief for it. You come, you confess, confess it, um, seek forgiveness and then turn and seek the opposite to seek to put that sin to death, which oh. <laughs> go ahead. I just knocked over something. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Um, yeah, so I think it would be, I mean, I think it would be good to start off with where repentance itself begins, which is your conviction of sin. So it begins with this acknowledgement of our sin and, our, and um, a genuine grief and sorrow over it, a hatred of it. Um, I think we've said this on the podcast before, but, you know, we don't expect that everyone has listened to every episode or paid attention to all of it. So we'll say it again. Um, but oftentimes one of the things that is a sign of a, a true believer is what this is saying is a genuine sorrow and grief over your sin. You understand who God is and um, how merciful he's been. 
And so when you do sin, there's this new conviction of the spirit about your sin, that mm. there's a weight that's, that's upon you that you need to get rid of and, and seek refuge from. So Second um, Corinthians 7.10 says this, with, um, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. I think that's a really um, important verse, not, not only just for what it says, but also like when it adds without, without regret, like you're not going and repenting and then you're like, ah, you know, I kind of, I kind of liked what I did actually. It's a, it's like without regret, you understand that it's better, it's better mm. off that you have repented from it and you've turned from it. It's not just a, Hey God, please forgive me. I did this bad thing. And then you kind of like go away. I kind of like any Catholics out there, if you're listening, like don't hate me for this or anything, but that's kind of the sense I got of like confession um, is, uh, I, I know, I know there's people who, who do it and they're like totally genuine in it. And that's how they think that they need to confess their sins, um, which you don't, you can just go straight to God. Jesus mm. is our mediator. But, um, but that's always the picture I got of, of confession is like, you can sin all you want. And you go to confession and you say, yeah, I did this, 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 this. And the priest is like, okay, we'll do this, this, and this, and you'll be good. It's like, cool. But that's like, you know, it's without regret. It's like understanding that you're not just going and confessing your sin because you know you have to, but it's like, you're actually turning away from that sin. Now you're not going to go right back out and do it again. Yeah. I, I think, um, so one thing that growing up with, Christian parents and sort of going through like this process of kind of just being like really legalistic, but not really having a relationship with God to actually like, and, you know, have declaring Jesus as Lord and coming to a real saving faith. And, and this sort of in my life story, one thing that, uh, you know, really marked my teen years was this feeling of like, I'd, I'd sin and I'd do the same sin, like some recurring besetting sin. And I'd be like, ah, oh, so stupid i suck like oh man i'm such a horrible sinner and then when you start to think that you think like am i even saved i keep doing the same sin but the sort of the like irony is in a, is the fact that i felt that way that i felt that grief over my sin is actually a a, a good sign and ideally it's not just a grief that leads you to beating yourself up it's not a grief that leads to just self-shame because that isn't helpful just shaming yourself and putting yourself down demeaning yourself isn't helpful like uh you, you know the, the i think it was the puritans that did like self was it self-flagulation where they'd like beat themselves to like punish themselves it's, it's dumb mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make any sense Don't but that. that that grief should turn you and in, instead of to just beating yourself up to repentance and that grief is is a good sign because it's something that doesn't just come from our natural selves, our natural minds, our minds set on the flesh are, are hostile to God. We don't naturally revile our sin. We revel in it. We celebrate our sin. We enjoy it. You like that? That yeah. was it consonants. Um, but the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to our sin. And, and I think this is where we, we get into the confession. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Chapter 15, verse 3. Um, we're taking this more topically today, so I, I'm not going to read all of it, but we'll reference it um, mm -hmm. throughout. But uh, what it 
says in, in paragraph three of this chapter is the saving repentance is an evangelical grace whereby a person being by the Holy Spirit made sensible of the manifold evils of his sin does by faith in Christ humble himself uh, for it with godly sorrow, detestation of it and self-abhorrency, um, seeking pardon. And so that's like, that's what you said, right? With But the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, right? The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. has made it uh, manifold the evils of our sin, right? But it says that the saving repentance is an evangelical grace. It's a gift of grace for us is, is what that means. Um, Acts eleven eighteen. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Um, God has granted it to us, which is so key for us to understand um, that it's this gift of his grace that we can come to a, to a point of repentance to have that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's for us to know. This is like the Christian worldview here that we do, we believe that we don't naturally come to the, the understanding of how sinful we truly are without this revelation from God. Mm-hmm. Um, we all generally know um, there's certain things that we, you know, as a society, and I also think because of us being made in the image of God, understand um, that certain things are wrong. Murder is one that is pretty much all over the world seen as something that is wrong. Um, but we don't understand the depth of our own sinfulness because we often look at those extreme cases and think, well, I'm, we're not as bad as yeah. those people. So everyone wants to believe that they're generally a good person. And that's something that I find even when I talk about the podcast or like I have a hoodie right now that says sinners and sufferers on it. And it started some good conversations when I'm like at work and stuff. But people will be like, why why you call yourselves that? And I'm like, whoa, we're all sinners and we're all sufferers. And like, we're all sinners. Really? That's harsh. And like you call people sinners. I'm like, yeah. I'm a sinner. Kyle's a sinner. Our, our grandmoms are sinners. Like we're, we're all sinners. Bible or what is it? Romans. Uh, you'll tell me because you're better at, at this than me, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Chapter verse. What is it? 323. Yeah. No, there you go. Six, wait, it's Romans road somewhere. 623. 623. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I, I concepts. I those up when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Wait, yeah. It's 323 for all sin and okay. fall short of the glory of God. I yeah I didn't do the whole like memorize all the Bible verses in Sunday school thing, but so I, I remember concepts and who said them typically. Um, but yeah, we don't come to understand ourselves as sinners without the revelation, without Scripture telling us, revealing to us our sin and the state that we're in, and and it's a bad thing, but it's not a it's not like world ending. It's not separating you out is especially terrible. It's actually necessary to recognize ourselves as sinners so that we will feel that, that grief, that, that kind of hatred of our sin, the, um, I think you, you stopped reading just before it, but the confession uses the term self abhorrence, which is odd. And I think that that's getting a, a little close to what I was talking about, like the self beating thing, but it's not, it's not about beating ourselves up or demeaning ourselves, but realizing that our heart is naturally inclined 
to sin that if we're just constantly doing what feels good and what like we're following our gut chances are we're doing the wrong thing we're doing the the bad thing yeah and the holy spirit actually uses that to bring us to a point of confession that i think is really um it's one of those things that is like more tangible in the christian life like when you have when you feel you've done something and you feel kind of the weight of it you're like mm-hmm. okay there i have to find i have to figure this out and the spirit actually uses that um to bring us to that that point of confession and, and coming to to christ oftentimes we try to hide away from him and we'll try to um you know not go to him in confession and prayer um not confess our sins and um what the spirit is actually pointing us to is like that's the point where we we go to him in confession and it enables us to approach god in humility and ask him for for our forgiveness um the confession i didn't get to this part but it said uh praying for strength the strength of grace with a purpose and endeavor by the supplies of the spirit to walk before god um pleasing in all things and so he uses those moments of sorrow to bring us to confession to then lead us to a life that is um, more pleasing to God. Yeah, it, and that's where uh, in the notes I said this is what separates the the men from the boys is when you not you don't just feel bad or it's the women from the girls. There you go, inclusive. You don't just feel bad about your sin and go, oh man, I'm such a bad sinner. It, it, but you confess it, and then you don't just confess it and go, oh, got that off my chest, good to go going to go back and do the same sin again, but you actually, you know, kill that sin. You actually endeavor to, to put it to death. Um, you know, uh, Jesus says in Matthew, Matthew five. Yeah. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body goes into hell. And I mean, people talk about, Oh, it's not literal or it is is literal. Like the point is just, we should be willing to do whatever it takes to put to death the desires of our flesh, those besetting sins. If that means, you know, you, you know, I don't know. What's the, was that movie like fireproof or whatever? The guy like smashes his computer. Chucks his computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, it's, it was melodramatic in the movie, but like that's, that's, that might be what it takes. You might need to, get rid of your phone or at the least put some like parental controls on it that maybe seem humiliating. Like we need to be willing to do whatever it takes to, to put this sin to death, to endeavor to live holy and pleasing to God. Yeah. I think that's a a good point that you make there. Like we, there's certain things and certain sins that, you know, have become more prevalent in our current time and made easier because of things like phones. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, oftentimes like people bring up this person and they're like, well, get rid of your phone. And it's like, I can't get rid of my phone because my email's on that and all my contacts are on that and I need it for work and blow it. Right. So there's, and there's all these, like these things that are genuine reasons why you need to keep your phone. But at the same time, we'll use those as excuses to allow us to continue to have that like temptation before us. So, you know, often then like with your phone, it's like, well, leave it in your living room before you go to bed. There you go. Like, yeah. And then people are like, it's my alarm clock. And I've always heard it. And it's like, get an alarm clock. They still make yeah. those, right? 
and, and it's like you know whatever you need to do do it right mm-hmm. um and so and i think this leads us to um the the next paragraph where it says um repent of your particular known sins particularly um martin luther uh wrote it in a similar way talking about how we need to repent um for our entire life so he says when our lord and master jesus christ said repent he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance so re- the 1689 says repentance is to be continued through the whole course of life uh, whole course of our lives and repent of particular sins particularly um we should always be repenting throughout our lives because there's always something to repent of mm-hmm. um and so and this is something where there are things we do throughout our day where we don't even realize that we're acting sinfully um maybe we will if we like reflect on our day and think about it or someone points it out to us later there's things we do every day that we don't understand is is a is acting in a sinful way but there are definitely things in everyone's life where we know you know whether it's like a, a habitual sin that you keep coming back to or something that just happened that day, you know very clearly that that you acted in sin. So mm. what the Bible says, what the confession says as well, is you can't hide anything from God. And so we often try to, yeah, I did this forever, right? Like you would sanitize your, your prayers and be like, God, forgive me of that thing I did earlier today. Um, and just help me not to do it again <laughs> and it's like and so then like you, you know I, I did that for a while i'm sure you've done it and everyone's done it but like it's this thing where you're like sanitizing your prayers before god and, and it's like he already knows what we did yeah. and he he asks us to come to him in repentance so you can go to him you can say god i, I know this is what happened today i did this and you know, i'm feeling the conviction of the spirit and i know this was wrong please forgive me and help me to live in a way that is more honoring to you tomorrow and the rest of my days. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that Martin Luther quote that was, uh, I don't think you mentioned that was the first of his 95 theses that he, mm-hmm. he nailed to the door. You know, when our Lord and master Jesus Christ said, repent, he will the entire life believers be one of repentance It's something we're constantly doing. And, and it's not just like, like you said, like, God, forgive me for my sins. Whew. Oh, there we go. Done. Clear. But, yeah. you know, particular sins, particularly, like, we need to call our sin what it is. We need to call our gossip, gossip. We need to call our, our lies, lies. We need to call our lust, lust. Yeah, uh, I mean... Like, I don't know. I'm always like nervous how much to talk about those sorts of things to like keep the podcast PG. But I have heard guys are like, oh, I'm just admiring. Just admiring. I'm not lusting. I'm just, I'm just admiring. It's like, no, you're lusting, bro. Call it what it is. Like, like, you know, we all struggle with it. If we're men and God made us sexual beings, he did. If we're attracted to women, we, we're going to be tempted by lust. Call it what it is. Don't like kid yourself and, and you know toe the like be like oh how close can i get to this lion how close can i get to lusting without lusting just call your sin sin confess it ask for the strength to to get over it and then actually like cut the hand off actually get some accountability actually take some steps 
leave, leave your phone in the living room. Honestly, I, like probably all of us should just do that anyways. Even if you don't struggle with lust. I need to play Wordle in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> I, yeah, I like read instead of like reading a book by lamp i usually end up reading it on like my phone screen so that i can have the lights <laughs> off but then i fall asleep holding my phone and sometimes i wake yeah. up and i'm like on somebody's facebook page and i'm like what even happened <laughs> <laughs> did i like during the night anyways uh the last paragraph here of the of chapter 15 says such is the provision which God has made it through Christ in the covenant of grace for the preservation of believers unto salvation, that although there is no sin so small, but it deserves damnation, yet there is no sin so great that it shall bring damnation to them that repent, which makes the constant preaching of repentance necessary. Basically, there is no sin so small that it doesn't deserve damnation not that it doesn't deserve a slap on the wrist it doesn't deserve damnation every sin is a damning sin but there is no sin that is greater than the love of god there's no sin so great that it you know it costs more than christ's blood on the cross yeah this i mean you know just to close this off the other romans verse that we put in here, not 323, but 623, which is the one I always mix up, is mm -hmm. for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So every sin is, even the littlest sin is deserving of death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. It reminds me of uh, James chapter 4, where um, James says that he jealously desires the spirit whom he may dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace, right? That, that little lines, he, he gives a greater grace. Therefore submit to God, um, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God. He will come close to you. Cleanse your hands. You sinners, purify your hearts. You double-minded humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. He always gives us that grace that we need. Um, and there is, um, so much the, you know, that we deserve because of our sins. And yet God has given us this great grace that we, that's what grace means. We don't deserve mm -hmm. it. And we need to be reminded of that constantly. And knowing of that grace, it leads us to repentance. Yeah. Is there a book called What's So Amazing About Grace? I feel like that'd be a good title for it. There probably is, and it's probably like underwhelming unless it's written by like kevin de young or something philip yancey philip yancey oh yeah it's probably underwhelming <laughs> i'm sorry philip yancey <laughs> i don't think he's a heretic i've just not been impressed um but <laughs> but yeah like this grace is crazy it's it's amazing and i, I love there's a King's K song. I don't remember which one it is, but I know there's a refrain where he just goes grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And I'm just like, oh, that's so good. Like, I just want like whenever that comes on, I'm just like, let's get into it. And like in my car, I'm starting to drive a little bit faster. But uh, anyways, as a, you know, the last line of that last paragraph says, um, which makes the constant preaching of repentance necessary. So we do need to, to call people to repent, but now the next time you're out there with a cardboard sign saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or whatever it says, 
and someone stops and says, what does that mean? You can tell them, you know, acknowledge your sin, confess it and endeavor to live holy. Well, (laughs) we appreciate you listening. Do you have any comments, questions or snide remarks? Send us an Instagram message or comment on YouTube or join the Discord and share some memes or something. It's been quiet in there recently. Nobody, I guess nobody's like had issue with anything we've said, which is a good sign, I guess. Um, I'm in like four Discord groups and I don't know what's going on in any of them. So it's kind of my fault too. Good times. Um, We have a contact form on our website now for professional inquiries. If you would like to be interviewed or interview us, I assume, I don't know. This is a thing people do. Uh, If you want to support us, best thing you can do for us is just share the podcast with people you think might like it. You can also, you know, leave ratings or if you could take the time to actually write out a review on Apple Podcasts, that does a lot for our placement and lists and stuff like that. 